0: Nah, you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk streets of gold,
1: I'll see you how
0: you save my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. Oh. To give up another one. Thank God. Some days I touch the clouds Some days my best friend Has been the cold hard ground But there's mercy new each morning Comfort through the night My eyes are fixed on Jesus And I'm gonna be alright I've got that Hallelujah I'm feeling down in my soul I've got that Hallelujah No matter what comes, I know I got that hallelujah, I'm feeling down in my soul, hallelujah,
1: hallelujah.
0: Oh, just because it's raining doesn't mean the sun won't shine, there's a season for the struggle and a season for the pride.
1: want you can be seated for these next two songs this is a a song the next one we're going to do is called too good to not believe and i know my husband was telling me about a, a person who came to church a couple of weeks ago and that they were cancer free and you know god is able to touch our lives and heal us and that's what this song says too good to not believe that he has our lives in his hands
0: Faithfulness. I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. there is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus is You. Jesus is You. Oh, I. You're too good to die. i oh, 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 oh. your sorrows I tell you about a cure Oh, the endless joy, slaughter with a baby boy
2: Let's hear it one more time with a big appreciation for New Generation. What a great job today. And Children's Church, you all are a blessing today. Thank you for coming to share with us also. You know who you are that get to go to Children's Church, the others have to stay in here. <laughs> It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad you're here today. We welcome you. If you're a guest this morning, we especially take just a moment to say thank you for coming to Church on the Hill today to worship with us. Those that have joined us online and KTHS Radio, we welcome you today also. This wonderful season of the year. Thank you for the poinsettias that's been brought in. Aren't they beautiful? My, my, thank you so much. We appreciate that, as we remember many that have gone on, not just last year, but through the years, it's a good time to stop and remember. Tonight, 6 p.m., men's leadership over in the youth room, invite you guys to join us for that time, and then two presentations coming up, the little drummer dude, Wednesday night, 6.30, and next Sunday at 11 at this service uh, promised kids choir will be presenting their musical and I tell you they've worked hard all of these groups work so hard and I, they just make things really exciting ar- around here on Wednesdays as they are preparing for these special times turn with me to Luke chapter 2 this morning <coughs> as you're turning there just want you to know how Appreciative we are for your faithfulness in giving, in-house and online and in the mail. Thank you so much. You know, we often say children can get away with saying some of the strangest things. Or sharing things that are a bit, even at times, thought-provoking. A teacher in a kindergarten class asked her young students if, If they could ask Santa Claus any question, what would it be? That's a daring question to ask to a kindergarten class. One of them replied, why do you live at the North Pole? I think that's a good question. Another, why do you only come once a year? (laughs) Yeah. Another one, how did you meet Mrs. Claus? Another one, how do you make your Christmas list? Another one, who's your favorite elf? Who's your favorite reindeer? What's your favorite cookie? Now, we know that we expect, Even before December now, we begin hearing a lot about Christmas, seeing a lot of commercials. But I'd like to just take a few moments this morning and look at a question, because you might be able to ask yourself this question. Is it possible to miss Christmas when it's all around you? It was a professional football team was in the playoffs that was going to have to travel on Christmas Day. And one of the players said there wasn't any game worth missing Christmas. It's unusual and it's been some time ago, huh? <laughs> in other words, it's a primary holiday. But it is possible that with everything around us, mentioning Christmas. That we could miss it. Yes, we could. So, I'd just like to take a few moments this morning and give you three reasons, I believe, that I can support that answer and make sure it never happens to us. Number one is busyness, the innkeeper. Luke chapter 2, there's no room for them in the end, in the end. It's her last week of pregnancy. Mary and Joseph had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the city where the census would be, and they would have to pay taxes. When they got to Bethlehem, Mary's water broke. She's ready to deliver. Verse 7 said, so Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. The word manger, an old English word that means basically a feed trough, means a bucket or a basket or a wooden box or a stone that's been hewn out, and it's very uncomfortable. Why would they do such a thing? Well, because there was no room in the inn. Can you imagine the owner of the inn saying to Joseph, whose wife was bearing the Son of God, I have no room here. Why was there no room? Because all the other out-of-town people had gotten there before Mary and Joseph, and they'd simply taken all the rooms. Imagine that owner finding out, as he would later, That he had the opportunity to offer to house the Son of God. You think maybe that might have changed the picture had he known? Here's another reason people miss Christmas. Familiarity. I cite the religious leaders. That means that you're so familiar with Christmas that the Christmas story doesn't inspire you anymore. It doesn't cause you to be in awe. Doesn't necessarily amaze you. You've celebrated Christmases your entire life. And even many of you here this morning, or you that are listening or viewing, you know the story of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. You've heard it year after year after year. You know the story of the shepherds and the wise men. You know all of the traditions. Your entire attitude toward Christmas is, oh, well, it's Christmas again. What does that mean? Well, it means a lot of traffic and a lot of shopping and a lot of events to attend. You see, the tragedy is is that when that happens, you miss the beauty. You think you understand it, and you take it for granted. You know, we're extremely familiar with the religious leaders of Jerusalem. They knew about a king being born. They talked about the Son of God being born. But when he was born, not one religious person was present. The Bible says a group of wise men from the east saw a star, and they, they began to head toward that star, which happened to be toward Israel. They'd already looked up all the prophecies, and they knew that a Savior of the world would be born in Israel. But they didn't know exactly where. We don't really know who these wise men were. Some think there was from the Far East, like China or India. Some think maybe it was the Middle East, and others think it was Saudi Arabia. But we know they were scholars, and they studied the stars, and they paid attention. We know that they saw something unusual, and they decided to go check it out. So the wise men made that long journey, made a request to see the king, O King Herod. And the first question they asked him was, where is the Savior of the world? The Messiah, the anointed one, the Son of God. Where is he supposed to be born? Now Herod, he didn't have any idea. So in the middle of the night, he called his religious leaders and his scholars, and he told them to tell him about this event that they had come and questioned him about. They said that there was a king of the Jews to be born, and he would be born there. Herod asked, well, where would he be born? When would he be born? The religious scholars knew what he was talking about because they'd been teaching, they'd been waiting hundreds of years debating it, dissecting the thought of the principle. We have the Scriptures that even support that. Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, King Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Christ would be born. They answered, in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet Micah wrote about this in the Scriptures. You see, even though they knew the details, they were familiar with the details, but evidently they were unimpressed. They were unconcerned. They didn't even bother to go to Bethlehem and check it out. Here, we have foreign dignitaries who traveled for many miles in the middle of the night because they had saw some unusual star activity in the sky. You know how far it is from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, don't you? It's five miles. They didn't bother to check it for themselves. They couldn't even go five miles. Why? want to propose that they were apathetic and unconcerned. A lack of curiosity was very present in their life. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> that can happen to us. You know, you grow up in the church. You study the Bible all your life. You hear the stories of Christmas over and over and over. And it becomes commonplace. And you say, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And you know what? You probably have seen it all and heard it all. Yet, if we're not careful, we could miss the real meaning of Christmas. I don't ever want to do that, do you? You see, what was not understood about Jesus was a truth that is so evident in the story and about the religious people. You see, Jesus was not about religion. You know, when people tell me, well, I got religion, I want to say get rid of it as fast as you can. (laughs) You need Jesus, you don't need more religion. Religion confuses people, because Jesus is not about religion. He never has been, and he never will be. Jesus has a desire for relationships. He didn't come for religion. He didn't come for rules. He didn't come for regulations. He didn't come for restriction. He came for relationships and friendships. He came in the flesh, meaning Emmanuel, God with us. What's happened through the centuries is there's been a tendency to add more and more traditions. And by the time Jesus arrived, they were were paying more attention to the traditions than they were to God. You know, today we... We, we have our traditions, you know. We have Santa Claus, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Frosty the Snowman, and Elf on a Shelf. And a lot of Grinch today. Did I really say that? The truth of the matter is, and I'm not downing it in any way, please understand that, you know, whatever your tradition is. My only advice is never forget about Jesus. Never. Many influential, important people will practice a variety of Christmas traditions in the coming days. All the parties, the lights, the cards. But may we never forget or fail to acknowledge that God desires to have a relationship with us, each of us. Therefore, he sent Jesus. There's a world out there that can put up their Christmas lights and decorate their lawn and and all inside their home. But let's be sure that Ephesians 4.18 is not in effect that their minds are in the dark and they are stubborn, so they have missed out on the life that comes from God. Busyness, familiarity can cause you to miss Christmas. The third thing is fear. Oh, King Herod. You know, there's some people that are afraid of Christmas, You say, well, how can that be? Well, they fight the nativity scene. That means you're afraid of something. They oppose the message of Christmas when Jesus was born. It was not the innkeeper's problem, nor was it the religious people's problem. The, The person who had the biggest problem was King Herod. Now, he was kind of a crazy individual. He was king of Israel because they overtook the city of Jerusalem, and he appointed himself as king. He was a Roman citizen of Arab descent. He was not even Jewish. And the Jews hated Herod. He was paranoid and afraid of Christmas because he was afraid of anybody who might threaten his kingdom, his reign, or take his place. If he thought a person was going to overtake his kingdom, he would simply deal with it. You know how he dealt with it? He just had him, had him killed. That's quite a way to deal with the problem, isn't it? He had his wife killed, had his mother killed, he had two sons killed, had his brother-in-law killed, and five days before he died, he had the rest of his children and those who were in the area all killed. Wasn't he a lovely individual? And when the wise men showed up, they they asked this question, where is the baby born to be the king of the Jews? He, He went ballistic. He went nuclear. He's crazy. Some of you know his cousin. Now, whose name came to mind? No, no. Let's, let's don't deal with any of that today, okay? Let's get back to Christmas. His attitude was, no one's going to take his place. who's was his attitude. He made the rule then <clears throat> that every baby boy two years and under, be murdered. He'd take care of that problem. It's called the massacre of the innocents. Many people are afraid of Christmas. They're kind of afraid of the message of Christmas. They think that if they open their life up to Christ, for instance, they would lose their freedom and not be able to do all the things they want to do. When I accepted Jesus, I'm going to tell you, I didn't lose anything except heartache and hangover. (laughs) Afraid they'll lose their fun. They'll become a fanatic, a religious nut. (laughs) Don't want to be like Him. Well, you don't have to be like me, you can be your own kind of expression. But if you think I'm nutty, I love being nutty. I didn't leave anything of the world, but I've gained a whole bunch when I found Jesus. I gained a whole bunch. You see, when you invite Christ into your life, He doesn't make you more religious. He makes you more human. St. Eric said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. How's a human being fully alive? When he has Jesus. The bottom line is that you and I were made by God for God. Man's rejection is, I don't want anyone else to rule my life. I want to be my own God. I'll be my own ruler. I'll do and go and say whatever I want, whenever I want. Now, what I've just described to you is pride. And the Bible says that pride comes before the fall. Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.21, the Living Bible, some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. The most important thing of life, Herod missed it. So what do people do about it? There's just a few more things that I'd like to share with you this morning to emphasize the point that we do have a Savior. And there is a much better life to live. You know, as a child, you often, especially if you were in a larger city, you stepped up to a street corner, your parents had some special instructions for you. And still to this day, there is a degree of this that is so vital and so important, and it's really so simple. This is what I really want you to take with you today, this principle. Stop. Look. Look. And listen. You stop, you look, and you listen before you proceed. Stop. Stop filling your life with less important things. There's so many things you can fill your life with. Don't let busyness keep you from knowing God. Psalm 39, 6. All man's busy rushing. Ends in nothing. He heads. He heaps up riches for someone else to spend. Now, isn't that a great feeling? You can be so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Recently, read a sign and it said, "Beware of the barrenness of a busy life." You see the great tragedy is that far too many people even become busy for God and too busy for the season. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Often we fail to stop. We're so busy we have no room for God. We're like the innkeeper. We don't have any room, no room for God. Why did the first message of Jesus' birth come to shepherds. You ever wondered about that? Shepherds, the lowest on the status ladder, do you know that in that day they were even lower than criminals? <clears throat> they were considered worthless people. So why does God tell the good news to them first? They're outcast. Why did he tell them that the son of God had been born in Bethlehem before he told anybody else? I want to propose to you this morning. I don't know, but I want to propose a possible answer. Okay? They weren't too busy to hear the message. Does that make any sense to anybody else? They stopped long enough. They were still long enough that they listened to what God said.
1: Stop. Stop.
2: Proverbs 10, 27 says, reverence for God as ours to each day. Wow. Stop. Number two, look. Look closely at why Jesus came. It was Herod who said in Matthew 2, 8, go and make a careful search for the child. <clears throat> now, he had bad reasons for saying that. <laughs> But the real issue is for us to go and make a careful search for the child for ourselves. <clears throat> Many people saw the star. and They were a lot closer to Bethlehem than the wise men were, but they failed to go check it out. How do we check things out if we're not followers of Christ? We pause long enough with a sincere heart and we say, God, I'm still. I want you to speak to me. If you're there, I want to know you. I want to believe in you. I want to trust you. See, no one is going to get into heaven on their own. That's why the scripture says, for unto You is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We all need a Savior. We need to realize that we're not perfect, that we're all flawed, and that He, Jesus, is the only way to heaven. Jeremiah 29, 13, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And the third Listen. Listen to the good news of Christmas. Why would anybody be afraid of good news? Our text says, I bring you good news of great joy. Luke 2, 10, 11, the angel said, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. A Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. There are 365 fear nots in the Bible. That's one for every day. So you can stand on the Scripture every day. He's saying, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. What is the good news? A Savior is born for you. He's Christ the Lord. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come so that they may have life and have it to the fullest. It's yours. That is the Christmas story. John three seventeen. for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through Him. Does that sound like a scary message to you? I don't think so. I think it's a message of promise. I think it's a message of love. I think it's a message of redemption. But the truth is the, of the matter is this you must listen if you're ever going to hear it you can be too busy you can be too familiar you can be too full of yourself to be afraid stop stop first peter 2:24 christ carried the burden of our sins on the cross so that we could stop living for sin and start living for what is right. His wounds heal us. They're ours. So I encourage you to stop because Christ carried the burden of our sins on the cross so that we would stop living in sin and start living for what is right. Look. Look. Isaiah 45, 22, Let all the world look to me for salvation For I am God, and there is no other. If we look, we will see. And finally, again, listen. What does that mean? Just simply do what God says. That's proof of listening. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, listen to what God says. This is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved. Let this Christmas be the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced. Celebrate it with every ounce of energy that you have. And as the worship team comes this morning in this final few minutes that we spend together, let's keep the message of Christmas very clear this year. It's about the birth of Jesus. It's His death on a cross and the redemption that He offers through that to everybody. It is a message of life and love. Now, as we worship together, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, there's no greater day than today. No greater time than now. And if you have special needs, you know, I've been really amazed at what God has been doing in lives and what He's continuing to do. And there's one other point, one other thing I want to say. Don't forget, don't forget this. Always say, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas merry Christmas. The greatest Christmas gift ever we received, a Savior was born. Amen.
0: the only one who could ever say worthy of every
2: in praise to the Lord for two that have received Christ as their Savior today. Amen. Amen. Father, we rejoice in your provision today. Thank you for the time that we've spent together. May we accomplish your will, your plan, and your purpose as we move forward in the real spirit of Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: We've got... This morning. Any of you need ministry, come down here to the front or find Pastor Keith. Don't forget men's um, leadership study tonight, 6 o'clock in fellowship.